On episode 361 of Nintendo Switchcraft, we've got some very old games getting remade for the Nintendo Switch. Uh, has Outset Island been hiding in plain sight all this time? Plus more Breath of the Wild 2 news. And you know it, it's Friday, so that means non-Tendo. Let's get started. This is Jenny from New South Wales, and you're listening to Nintendo Switchcraft. Switchcraft is brought to you live over at Twitch four days a week. Make sure that you check it out over on twitch.tv slash runjumpstomp. This episode of Switchcraft is made possible by patrons like Louis B. Get Switchcraft and my other content ad-free for as little as a dollar by joining us over at patreon.com slash runjumpstomp. If you want to leave a voicemail for the show like Jerry B did at the beginning or Getty B, I'm not sure how that's pronounced, um, you can easily do that from any device just by heading over to runjumpstomp.com slash voicemail. I may even play it on the show. Now, before we get started uh, talking about Nintendo Switch uh, or Nintendo news and, and everything that's going on in the gaming industry, I want to talk about a change that I made. And it may necessitate other changes. Uh, So first off, um, I have now rolled in, because today's Friday, uh, I've rolled in the Run Jump Stomp podcast now as a section of the Friday show. So before I was recording Run Jump Stomp on Fridays and, uh, you know, it had its own feed and everything. Uh, But what I've decided to do is just take that Run Jump Stomp podcast, which is was about the gaming industry as a whole, and have it be a subsection, just a, a uh, you know, kind of like when I do feedback on the show. It'd just be a subsection at the end of an episode once a week, and it would be called Nintendo. Uh, so that's going to be in this episode. But what I realized, and I didn't think about this, is because I was doing podcasts, uh, I was doing Switchcraft on Tuesday. Thursday and Saturday, which means that everything was spaced out really, really well. Now I'm doing episodes of Switchcraft on Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. So that's not spaced out as well as I would like. My my ultimate, I mean, if if there were an even number of days in the week, then I would do it every other day, basically. Uh, but there's not. So I'm trying to decide how I want to uh, do the show going forward. And there's two ways that I can, well, three ways that I can go. Well, three ways in a lizard. Uh, number one, I could continue doing the shows on Tuesdays, Thursdays, and, and Fridays and Saturdays. And, and nothing really would change. Choice number two, I could do the show, uh, Switchcraft on Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and Saturday. And Saturday would have the Nintendo stuff in it along with other, you know, other Nintendo news. I mean, it would be Nintendo news all four days, uh, but Saturday would be the day that would have the Nintendo uh, section. Uh, and then my my third option, which I'm now forgetting, what was my third option? I can't remember now. Oh, uh, I could do everything. <clears throat> um, 
I can't remember my third option, but uh, I'm just I'm just trying to figure out how it is that I'm going to do this, and I may end up going Monday, Wednesday, Friday for Switchcraft, and then Saturday also Switchcraft, but with Nintendo at the end. Uh, you guys can feel free to let me know what you think about this change, uh, which days really you care about. At the end of the day, it probably doesn't matter too much. My my guess is that it would only matter to the people who show up to the live shows because most people don't listen to Switchcraft the day it comes out. They listen to it the day after it comes out. So it comes out and then they listen to it the next day on their way to work or whatever. But uh, that being said, uh, let's, let's move on. And I got one more thing to talk about before we uh, start on the Nintendo news. I know I'm dragging things out and I'm sorry and I'm going to try and go faster. Uh, but I wanted to let you guys know that Prime Day is coming and that is uh, going to be on July 15th and 16th. And they've got a bunch of deals, uh, video game uh, deals that are coming up. I We don't know what they are. But if you are interested, make sure that you go to uh, twitch.amazon.com. Uh, twitch.amazon.com it'll list that stuff now you may not have amazon prime in which case you can't really take advantage of prime day however if you've never tried amazon prime before i've got your back you can get a free month of amazon prime by going to runjumpstomp.com thank you uh, once you're there, if you scroll down, you're going to see something where it says Amazon Prime, and there's a little link right there. And if you click on that link, it's going to take you to a free 30-day trial of Amazon Prime. Uh, so if you want to try and take advantage of Prime Day, but you don't want to spend money for Prime, that's, I think, your your key right there. So that's just a quick PSA. Let's talk about video games now, all right? <laughs> Okay, so there's there's some games coming to the Nintendo Switch. Uh, it's it's not right away. It's going to be out in 2020, uh, but it's called Langrisseer One and Two, and it is a, a series of games I've never played. I, I never played them. I don't know anything about them. Uh, all I know is that they're by NIS, or that's the publisher anyway. Uh, but they are completely remaking these games uh, on the Nintendo Switch and. When I like, I looked at, it, I was like, okay, they they send me a lot of emails, and I look at their emails usually, and I'm like, okay, generic uh, anime style art, check, uh, some kind of of, of uh, Japanese voices, check. Uh, they they all have like the same aesthetic, which is fine. I like the aesthetic; uh, it's kind of cool. The thing that got my attention is I watched the video for this, and it's playing, if you go to my uh, YouTube channel, youtube.com slash runjumpstomp, uh, it's playing right now. Um, if you look at this, like it very much reminds me of you know Fire Emblem or um, uh, Shining Force, which was an, an old Genesis game, and I think that that looks pretty damn cool, so... Uh, Langrisseer 1 and 2, they're coming in 2020. They're from NIS. NIS uh, is a pretty good publisher. They make a lot of games, um, especially with that aesthetic. And I almost just ignored this and let it let it slide by. But uh, I decided to click on the video and find out what it was all about. And I'm glad that I did because it looks cool. And I did request a review copy so I can check it out and uh, report back to you guys about that. Okay. 
This was very, very interesting to me. Uh, Game Explain has uh, put out this video, which I thought was <laughs> is pretty brilliant. Uh, basically, they said, "Hey, I was made. I was making another video for Legend of Zelda, and I noticed that um, Outset Island is in." Uh, Breath of the Wild. And you might be saying to yourself, I don't re quite remember, what is Outset Island? Well, in Wind Waker, Outset Island was the island that Link started on, where his grandmother lived and his sister lived. And um, I can't believe nobody noticed this before. I definitely didn't notice this. Uh, but if you go to this location in Breath of the Wild, you can see basically everything's the same. It's got all the same layout as Outset Island did. Like the houses are in the same place. It's got this tower that you can climb where in, in uh, Wind Waker, Link used like the telescope from there uh, in order to find the big bird before it, uh, or, or watch the big bird after it uh, stole his sister. Spoilers, I know. Um, and it, like it's got his grandmother's house with the docks and the bridge and everything. And I just think it's really awesome that Nintendo did such a good job putting this into the game and um, nobody seemed to notice it. Now, I'm sure that people are going to be emailing me. Hey, Bill, I totally noticed it, uh, you know, before. And that's great that you did, but nobody seemed to have posted anything about it online. And I just think it's really neat uh, that Nintendo took a piece of Wind Waker and put it in Breath of the Wild. I mean, it's not like it's the first time that they had done that. They recreated Lon Lon Ranch and, and other places as well in Breath of the Wild. And, you know, this gives me more hope for Breath of the Wild 2. I'm just so excited for that damn game. And speaking of that game, uh, there is a good chance. There's a very good chance that I may have to eat crow. I have been jumping up and down saying, I think that Breath of the Wild 2 is going to be coming out uh, in holiday 2020. That's that's what my guess has been uh, for the release date for Breath of the Wild 2. I'm, I've been assuming that 2020 holiday season uh, is going to be when this game comes out. And there's a good chance that I'm wrong. Why am I saying that I'm wrong? Well, Nintendo... Uh, tweeted this out and uh, thank you for uh, Google Translate to give us uh, poorly translated words that I otherwise would have no idea what they were saying. Now at least I have a little idea what they're saying. But Nintendo tweeted this out. Uh, it says, uh, automatically translated in from Google, uh, the application guidelines for 3D computer graphics designer topography and level designer working in Kyoto in the sequel of The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild have been posted. So, that means that they are still taking applications for people to work on this game, which, okay, awesome, but that makes me think, oh, maybe they're not nearly as far along as I thought they were. Maybe they've got a lot more work to do. Now, I will say this. I am not a game developer, I am not a programmer. I am certainly not a 3D computer graphics designer who specializes in topography or level design. So I don't know how far along in the process you have to have these things in place. It could also be that somebody who has been working on it 
has decided, okay, um, I need to move with my family someplace else and no longer work at Nintendo. Or uh, maybe they decided I've been working too long and I'm going to retire. Or maybe they won the damn lottery. Or maybe they showed up to work every day trashed and they got fired. Uh, So whatever the reason is that they suddenly have to fill these positions, uh, it doesn't mean that the game is delayed. It doesn't mean that the game is not coming out holiday 2020, but it also doesn't mean that it is coming out holiday 2020. We we don't know what this means, but we do know that Nintendo's working on it, and I'm just so excited to revisit Hyrule, and I can't wait to, to play Breath of the Wild 2 and see what other locations from other Zelda games they have somehow squirreled away in Breath of the Wild or Breath of the Wild 2 and maybe nobody notices again. Uh, I think that that's uh, very, very cool, and uh, I'm excited for it. Uh, so uh, ooh, let's uh, let's finish that up. Okay, we got uh, we got the Nintendo stuff out of the way. What I'm going to do is I'm going to... Um, here's, here's how I plan to do the, ep- the episodes of... Uh, of the show that have the non-Tendo stuff, the stuff that is not focused on Nintendo, but on the video game industry as a whole, is I'll front load all the Nintendo stuff, and then I'll do the ads, and after the ads, I will talk about uh, non-Tendo. But don't go anywhere if you only care about Nintendo stuff, uh, because some of this does have to do with Nintendo, maybe in an ancillary way, uh, but I also have feedback from people uh, who have written in about um, about other things that I've said on the show, and we'll excuse me, I had to burp, uh, and and we'll we'll talk about that uh, after the fact. But first, our sponsors. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to eighty percent less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Powerball! Oh my God, Powerball. What a wonderful ad. Okay, uh, so let's talk first things about... Uh, this video from uh, Jim Quisition. Jim Quisition is better known as an, uh, Jim Sterling. I almost clicked on it because I couldn't remember his name. Uh, Jim Sterling. Uh, he is a figure in the video games industry that are you know on YouTube, and he makes lots and lots of YouTube videos, kind of pointing out where the industry is letting us down, and there, you know. He's not really my kind of guy. He's he's very negative. And I don't mean that he's a negative person, but his videos tend to be pretty negative. And I tend to be pretty positive. I, I tend to be pretty chill. He is very much not chill. I watched this video because I felt like 
what he had to say was important. And while I don't like the way that he says what he says, because he tends to yell a lot, he tends to make weird voices, he tends to swear a ton. And I personally feel like you can get your point across better without doing those things. Uh, he he what what he did say was important. So I I sat I, I got on my what I call my Russian pain machine, which is my my uh, stationary bike. It's over in the corner over there. And I watched this video this morning while I was pedaling away. And I think he has some really good points. Now, what is this video about? It is called The Addictive Cost of Predatory Video Game Monetization. And I just, I really think that people should watch this video. Because if if you... I've always kind of felt like monetization in video games is definitely something that I have grappled with. There's there's been things that Nintendo has done that I've not liked. Animal Crossing Pocket Camp, Fire Emblem Heroes, uh, Mario, or Dr. Mario, which is still not out here. Um, uh, what's the racing game? Uh, Mario Kart, uh, with Mario Kart Tour. There we go. Uh, like these are the Nintendo games on mobile that are going to lean heavily on predatory video game monetization. And I understand the argument that people are going to say. They're going to say, well, then don't play them, Bill. And that's a perfectly valid argument. But these monetization, these, I love the, the phrase that he uses here, predatory video game monetization models. They are predatory and they go after people who have very addictive natures. Uh, I want to talk about myself for a minute. And some people might say, hey, you know what, Bill, you're just uh, you're just weak willed or something. But I I believe that I am a food addict. Uh, I eat when I should not. And I eat what I should not because sugar is a drug and I crave that that drug. I love sugar. Um, I was Right before the podcast, uh, I was trying to stream the podcast earlier. My internet was was acting foolish. I got upset, and I was like, oh, and next thing I knew, I was eating a peanut butter sandwich, which is garbage food that I do not need to eat. I don't need the bread. I don't need the peanut butter. I have an addictive personality, and other people who have addictive personalities are easily preyed upon by the video game industry with these predatory video game monetization models like the, the and here's the thing i used to this guy he, he kind of did open my eyes to some stuff like fortnite all right i look at fortnite and i was like oh well i mean there's no loot boxes so that's fine uh the things that you buy don't affect gameplay so that's fine so i felt like fortnite's monetization model was fine but, uh, you know, I've heard uh, from friends that, that have had kids who have purchased V-Bucks without the, without, without the parents' permission. Um, I have seen firsthand where, you know, my child has said, hey, dad, I want to I buy V-Bucks so that I can purchase this skin because it's a time-limited skin and it will go away. And I've, I've seen people online complain about time-limited skins 
uh, coming back. So Fortnite will have a certain skin that you can buy. You buy that skin and uh, then it goes away and everybody's like, well, this only has value because nobody else can have it. But then Fortnite brings it back and the person who bought it the first time feels jilted that now other people can buy it. And there's something going on in, in people's brains and the video game industry is very much exploiting it. And it's not everybody, but people who have addictive personalities, compulsive shoppers, gambling addiction, like those things are easily exploited by the video game industry through uh, items that are only here for a limited time or loot box stuff. And Nintendo is not immune to this stuff as we've seen on mobile. And I know what people will say. Well, Nintendo tried to do it the right way or or Nintendo tried to do it uh, the other way where you just buy the game with Super Mario Run and it didn't work out for them. And you're right, it didn't work out. And that's our fault, but that doesn't mean that we should look at uh, predatory video game monetization models as suddenly okay. And I'm still trying to figure out how I feel about this whole thing, but I I felt like uh, Jim Quisition or Jim Sterling's video, which normally I don't like his stuff just because he's so negative. uh, I felt like it was really on point and made a lot of sense and uh, I, I feel like I feel like people should watch this uh, and uh, just be warned about the language. Uh, Vaxer says, and when you grow up a little, you'll see that those skins are not that important. I have thoughts on this in Guild Wars 2 sales. Yes, Vaxer, I, I totally get what you, you're saying. And yeah, you'll realize when you're older that those skins are not as important, but they're that's that's thinking in a rational way and somebody who has an addictive personality like me who will compulsively eat stuff when i shouldn't uh people like me who do that uh who do things compulsively they you're not thinking about the the active part of the brain or, or you're not thinking about the rational part of the brain when you are making that buying decision and the companies know this and they exploit it. And Jim Jim Sterling went into great detail uh, about how that not only do they do this, they don't even hide it. They brag about it. So I I, I just I'm gonna say watch that video because it's really really good. Uh, I think it's important. Uh, okay, uh, let's see Shenmue developer development. Uh, I talked about Shenmue on the show before. Uh, Shenmue is, I played the first one. I didn't play the second one. The third one got kickstarted. People were very excited. They bought in. They were asked, do you want to get your copy of Shenmue on PS4? Or do you want to get your copy of Shenmue? Excuse me. This is that peanut butter sandwich that I was talking about. Uh, or do you want to get your, uh, copy of Shenmue on Steam? They were asked that. Now, people have, have I've touched a nerve because I said that it's not cool what they're doing. Uh, the developer EaseNet said, uh, or Silver something or other, uh, they said, we're not offering refunds because uh, Epic, Epic Games came to them with a big pile of money and they said, we want it to be a timed exclusive on the Epic Games store on PC. And EaseNet said, yes. 
Uh, and then people said, well, I don't, I only want a Steam key. I don't want an Epic Games key. Give me my money back. And EaseNet said no. And I talked about this, and I think that what EaseNet or Silver or whatever, I can never remember, what they, what, like their response was just bad. Okay. I, I think that them saying, no, we're not going to give you your money back is lame. Um, I, I think that it's rude. And I think that it's just plain wrong. And I said, I said as much. Now, there are some people who have uh, sent me messages on YouTube and Twitter and uh, email saying, Bill, you know, it's just another launcher. And that's fine. But I don't want to have another launcher unless I want to. And that's how some people feel. That being said, I do have uh, the Epic Games launcher on my PC, and I do use it for certain games. In fact, Overcooked is free right now, so go ahead and get it if you're doing it. But that doesn't mean I can't look at what what EaseNet was doing and say, that's not cool. You should give those people their money back because you told them they were getting it on, you gave them the option to get it on Steam or PS4. They picked Steam, and then you're pulling the rug out from under them and saying, aha, well, you're going to get a an Epic Games store instead. And then they said, well, actually, no, we're, we're going to launch it on Steam as well, uh, just down the road at some point. And, you know, some people say, well, why can't they just wait? They've already waited this long. And I guess that's a pretty good argument as well. But it seems like it's a moot point. Why is it a moot point, Bill? I'm glad you asked. It's a, it's a moot point because uh, T- Tim Sweeney is going to come to the rescue. And we're going to talk about that in a second. But first... Uh, I just want to explain why uh, the Shenmue developer... uh, Here, let me just read what they said. They said, We had originally planned for PC distribution through Steam. In response to backers who have requested Steam keys on their rewards, we discussed offering the keys on the day of release. However, coordination with the sales policy of the involved was untenable. I think he means that Steam said no. Um, And as a result, we are not able to make a day one distribution option for Steam keys available. Okay, I can understand what he's saying. He's saying it's Steam's fault. Uh, Don't at me is what he's saying, Uh, but we're not giving you your money back. Well, Tim Sweeney, the the guy in front, or not in front, uh, in charge of Epic, he decided that, you know what? Everybody thinks that we're the bad guys right now. And I, I don't think that Epic Games is the bad guys. I feel like... Epic Games is doing slimy things for the right reasons, and they feel like the ends justify the means, and only only somebody in the future will know if the ends justified the means. But they're doing a lot of stuff, and I've talked about it on the show before, that I'm not a fan of. Uh, one of those things is buying up uh, game publishers or, or throwing a pile of money at a game publisher to not publish on some other platform. That bothers me. Funding a game publisher to make a game and having it on your platform, that's okay. Funding a game publisher to not put the, their game on some other platform, that feels wrong. Uh, And I I don't like that. Now, why are they doing it? They're doing it because they feel like Steam has a monopoly and they're trying to break that monopoly. I think that's fantastic. I just don't like the way they're going about it. Is there a better way to go about it? Yes. Make a better store, make a better platform, and people will come to you. 
Uh, a lot of people have tried. Everybody's failed. Uh, that's beside the point. Tim Sweeney tweeted this about Shenmue 3. Uh, he said, Epic Games is funding the cost of all Kickstarter refunds resulting from Shenmue 3's move to the Epic Games store so that refunds won't reduce EaseNet's development funding. Awesome. This is huge. Tim Sweeney, he, he keeps doing things that bother the hell out of me. But then he does things that I love. And I think that he's fantastic for doing. So I think that this is a really good move. Uh, it says, uh, he continues to say, uh, where is it? Oh, uh, when future games go Epic exclusive... After offering crowdfunding rewards on other PC stores, we'll either coordinate with colleagues at the other stores to ensure key availability in advance, or we will guarantee refunds at the announcement time. Uh, I think that that's awesome. You know, he's he's done this a couple of times where they've done something that, that people are like, ah, pitchforks. And then he says, but wait, and we're like, oh, that's pretty good. Uh, so for example, in the, in the past, he said, we will stop doing all of this exclusivity stuff. If steam agrees to give devs more money or, or give publishers more money, because right now, uh, steam is a pretty classical 70, 30 split. So what does that mean? Uh, if you buy an app off of the app store on your phone or on the Google play store on your phone, uh, if you buy that, the developer gets 70% of the money and Apple or Google gets 30% of the money. If you buy a game on Steam, the developer or publisher, I mean, they get 70% of the money. Steam takes 30% of the money. This makes it really hard for companies that make these games to make a profit because they're already making 70% of what they're, what what uh, what the price is. So they're already losing money that way. Um, Tim Sweeney had said, look, we, the, one of the things that we're doing is making sure that developers and publishers make more money by having a more fair rev split. So instead of going 70, 30, they're going 88, 12. Yeah. 88, 12. So, uh, the developer gets 88% of the rev revenue stream and, uh, Epic games only takes 12%. That's awesome. Uh, and what they're doing to try and make sure that that happens with with Steam is they're they're buying up exclusives so that people will be playing on the Epic Game Store. Maybe they'll use it more, in and and then Steam will have to do something to get those developers to come back. And what are they going to do? Well, maybe they'll do the eighty eight twelve split. Well, up until now, well, not up until now, so far that's not changed. But Tim Sweeney said. Look, we'll stop all of this exclusivity business if Steam stops doing their 70-30 split and matches us 88-12. And I think that that's really good. So, look, I, I definitely believe that Tim Sweeney and Epic Games, they do have the, the better interests of the video game industry at heart. I, they're, they're definitely going to make money on this. Don't, don't get me wrong. But it's when they do things like that like like uh, guarantee that they would drop the 88, uh, I'm sorry, drop the exclusivity stuff if Steam meets the 88.12 or uh, have, uh, when, when they say, you know what, we don't want the developer of Shenmue 3 to eat into their profits 
or their development budget uh, by giving all these refunds back. So we're going to do it because we got Fortnite money. So I think that that's really good. I, I find it hard to really argue with him uh, here. Uh, anyway, uh, we're coming up on 31 minutes, so I'm going to... Oh, damn it. Okay. Um, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to lightning around the rest of this Nintendo stuff, and then the feedback is going to have to go into a light switch. So I'm going to do a light switch, uh, which will come out on Monday. I don't know when it's going to come out. It'll come out soon, but I got that feedback that I really want to get to. Okay, here we go. Uh, it says here, uh, there's a, an article from the Wall Street Journal. You know what? Yeah, there's an article from the Wall Street Journal, uh, and I'm going to give you a quick summary of it. Uh, basically, Sony is looking at Microsoft as their only competitor this generation. They're still ignoring the Nintendo Switch. And uh, they're looking at Google and saying, uh, maybe they're a problem in the long term, but not right now. Because technology is not far enough along yet. I think they're wrong about that. Um, however, what they're doing, and I'm just summarizing this, is Sony wants to focus more on the hardcore gamer for the PlayStation 5. And that means that they're going to spend less money and attention focusing on uh, indie games. Now, somebody might look at that and say, whoa, whoa, that's a huge, huge mistake. Uh, so here, here's the quote. It says, uh, PlayStation has been one of the most successful mass market products over the past uh, 25 years. The PS4 alone is expected to pass 100 million units this year. Sony's latest thinking puts less stress on overall sales numbers and more on the most profitable segment of the market, the devoted fans who buy big budget titles such as Fallout and Red Dead Redemption. Uh, a second Sony official said the company believes people buy a video game console to play graphics-heavy games. Sony is concentrating its attention on large software publishers as it gets ready for the next PlayStation, according to executives at Sony and software makers. In general, publishers want their games on multiple platforms to maximize sales, while console makers look to make deals for exclusive content or an initial period of exclusive sales. Some executives at smaller game makers say they have felt snubbed by Sony in contrast to Nintendo at the Tokyo Game Show in September. Nintendo is supporting events showcasing independent game developers. Sony used to do the same, but isn't planning on doing so this year. I wonder if that means they won't be at uh, Tokyo Game Show this year, uh, like they skipped E3 this year. Uh, Sony still welcomes games from independent studios, the first Sony official said, but... The emphasis is on strengthening relationships with large publishers since resources are limited. The thinking is that people buy a console to play high-quality games available only on that platform, not smaller games also available on smartphones. Okay, that, that comes to us from the Wall Street Journal via Resetera. Um, I can't really find fault in their logic. A lot of people are going to read this or just read the face of it and they'll say, ah, Sony hates indies. That's not true. But people don't buy a PlayStation to play indies. And I think that if you look at the Nintendo Switch, some people are buying the Switch to play indies. But they're not buying a PS4 to play indies. They're buying a PS4 because it's got, it's got graphical muscle. And it allows them to play 
these really, really high-end games like Spider-Man and such. So Sony is trying to make sure that they shore up those relationships with the big developers because if they launch their PS5 and they've got relationships with these big developers and the big developers launch games with the PS5, then people will buy the PS5. And if people buy the PS5, then it will be too big of a platform to be ignored by the independent developers. And I believe this, I mean, think of it this way. Sony knows that most independent developers are using stuff like Unity to make their games. And that's really, for all intents and purposes, you click a checkbox, yeah, let's port this to PS4, you click a button, and then you fix some bugs, and then it's ported to the PS4. Whereas big developers, they tend to make their own engines, and and they don't use that, uh, that middleware uh, in order to make games. So... I, I really can't find fault with their argument here uh, on this. Anyway, so that is our Nintendo segment. I hope you guys learned a little something and realized that uh, it's not just Nintendo out there. Uh, feedback is is going to be pushed to uh, a light switch. I got two or three pieces of feedback, so uh, make sure that you uh, keep subscribed so you can find that stuff. If you want to be part of the community, Uh, It's super easy. Runjumpstomp.com slash Discord. There's like 500 people there. Make sure you join it. It's it's fun. Uh, Watch the show live over at twitch.tv slash runjumpstomp. Get a hold of me by email at runjumpstomp at gmail.com or on Twitter at runjumpstomp. Use the hashtag Nintendo Switchcraft. If you want to help support the show, runjumpstomp.com slash thank you. Make sure you use that link uh, to get your free Amazon Prime that month, this month, so you can can, uh, take advantage of Prime Day. If you want to check out other shows like this, runjumpstomp.com slash shows. The music you're hearing right now is Corneria Star Fox Remix by Noteblock. Uh, it's awesome. You're awesome. We're awesome. Stay awesome. I'm out of here. Bye-bye. <laughs>